Welcome to Garden Thoughts. On this podcast, I talk about different ideas, concepts, and perspectives. I want to explore the brain in different ways and tap into the untapped areas of the mind. Invest in yourselves and think on your own. Have some fun and enjoy. All right. Uh, so we're going, we're just gonna, um, let's just rip into it. Um, I'm not big on like the, the whole intro, you know, the whole thing, but let's, let's create some context, uh, for the beginning of it. So, um, for anybody listening to this, this is a garden thoughts podcast. I'm here with, uh, Austin Yoakum, uh, coach Yoakum, uh, Mr. Yoakum still trying to figure out what to call him. Last time I saw him, I had to call him coach. Um, so we'll see what that dies in, but, uh, um, this is all about movement exercise. Um, this is about the non-negotiables with your breath, your sleep, hydration, nutrition, movement, exercise, uh, connections, relationships, and how we can use all of those uh, for, to our advantage, right? All of these are um, within our control, within our influence, um, which I think is pretty powerful in the sake that we can control these and then use them to our advantage um, for these different foundations that everything kind of builds off of. Um, so Austin Yoakum, can you kind of just give context of who you are, what you're about, kind of what you're curious about now? Um, and then we'll dive into the rap polls of things. Yeah. First off, you can let the, let the title coach die. Uh, and we'll kind of roll too with that. Um, well, like you said, I was, I was a strength coach at St. Thomas and that's kind of how we got connected. Um, went to St. Thomas as a football player there as well before, um, and kind of left St. Thomas in January of last year to start up Yoakum Strength full-time. Yoakum Strength's been rolling for five years, but kind of made the jump into full-time private sector, full-time really passion there. Um, I've been rolling through for a year and almost a half now on that. Um, and now we're here, interested in philosophy. I like to call myself like the the meathead philosopher, uh, interested in all things philosophy and, and meathead and yeats and, and movement. Yeah. Uh, one sec too. Um, is your volume on your phone all the way down. I just, I don't know if you're hearing, um, if it's on my end or your end. Is it um, popping up? Mm. Just every time you speak now, since we've gone live, um, I don't know if maybe yeah. it's, maybe it's just on my end. I just wanted to make sure before we dive into here. Here. Let's make sure I got this right. It, it's there we go. That's on. perfect. That's mute. That's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Can, can you hear me on the oh, live? Shoot. Right? Dang it. No, now it went back. <laughs> Figuring out this whole Instagram live thing. Yeah, let me see this. Mm. I don't know why it's doing that. Mm -mm -mm. If I hit there, can you still hear me on Instagram live? Okay, this is good now. Let me, uh... yeah, listeners can hear. Perfect. Perfect. Now you, perfect. Can, now you can hear me on Instagram live? I, I believe I... so. Yeah uh one comment said they could all right all right so we should be good uh Try that sounds it. a lot better sorry to interrupt you there but so no so coach no coach anymore just straight no coach anymore. um the philosophy that's the whole thing of like the the dine that's the, how i think about like the duality of you is like you're very adaptable with so many different situations like you're able to have very um, intellectual conversations, but yet you can go still deadlift, you know, like 700 pounds, you know, the whole, the whole sport of it. How do you, how do you approach that? Like, how do you balance, um, all the different things? Well, I, I think that's kind of like, you'd rather be the warrior in the garden than the, the gardener in the war and kind of approaching it in that way. Um, because, I, and it's also kind of like a respect thing. Like I never want to be like the movement yogi trying to tell like these, these alpha dudes how to run their life. And I'm walking around like, 
like balancing on balance beams and stuff is like i want to go to the game of the meatheads like meet the meatheads where they're at go to that game win that game uh and be able to leave that game and into a different kind of stratosphere of philosophy a different stratosphere of just a little bit deeper meaning and try to bring those people with me which i think is a big part of it too like can, can how many people can we bring with me and and go forward to there it's popping up it says no audio on there i know we got we got to get you going here on the instagram um i'm having guys say they can't no i uh, hear you <laughs> we yeah, might just say screw the screw the live <laughs> otherwise, uh, otherwise no go back to what you were doing earlier if that if that's what i mean i could still hear you it just wasn't the clearest audio but you know that's not the end of the day it's just the content not the um i'd have content over just the the high quality of it yeah voice isolation Oh, it's doing that. Can you hear me now? Can listeners hear Coach Yelkum? Uh, let's give a little thumbs up or something on the Instagram live. Give a thumbs up if you can hear uh, both I and Coach Yelkum. I think I think it's not muting all the way on this on this um on this phone. Okay. This is good. This part's good. It's it's yeah, my my phone is like a. It's it's going to bottom volume, but not mute volume. I don't know why okay. it's doing that. Yeah. Uh oh, I think uh they can hear me, but I think I think it's gonna echo for that's you. That's fine. That's fine. That's we'll fine. Just, we'll just have that go. Yeah. Okay. I'd rather have the the whole clip of it. Okay. Perfect. So okay. I think we're good now. I think we're set. Hopefully. <laughs> this is all an experiment. Uh we'll get better next time. <laughs> yeah um, last time we had no issue maybe it's because i'm the guest i don't know last time i was hosting it and it worked perfect sure sure but yeah so the thing that i wanted to pull out there is it's better to be the warrior than the, in the garden than the gardener and the warrior and i've heard that with um like the joe rogan's and things of that nature um is that and that's how you kind of go about the duality of it of trying to be adaptable and be like i am it's kind of like the jordan peterson of it too is like you know you should be dangerous, but then you should learn how to control that. Is that kind of the the avenue of it? Yeah. And and, and I think that's big for me too, because when I, when I was growing up, it was like, you had these, the, uh, these rebels that were talking um, and, and like, you wanted to listen to them, but it's like, really, what have you done? Like, like, what am, what am I grabbing onto? You're just kind of rebelling to rebel. And it's, I, I think that's a much different system than going through the system and seeing what needs to be fixed in the system rather than you got beat by the system you got beat by the system, whatever game you're in, you got beat by that game. And now you're just going to rebel against the game and kind of fight the game. And I think those are two very different perspectives of you won the game and you saw what's wrong with the game and you're going to go fix it versus you lost in the game. And then you're kind of just that sore loser that is just rebelling to rebel and just say, uh, the world is all wrong. Everything's wrong. It's like, no, you are wrong. You are weak. You you don't have your life figured out. That's the biggest thing too, especially with like our peer group, like uh, the 20 to 26 year old group of like you lost the game and now you're bitter at the world. And instead of fixing yourself and working on yourself to like get better at the game and get better at what it's the world's all fucked up. The system's all messed up. This is all wrong. It's like a bunch of people are going through that system right in front of you in harder situations than you started in, in, in much worse situations than you could ever imagine. And they are beating the game. And you're going to tell me the system's flawed, the system's wrong. And that's not to say the system isn't, there's not messed up things in the system, but I, I really feel like you have to go through the system when the system at least have something, some ground to stand on before you can fix the system rather than just being the rebel to be like, uh, the, the system screwed me. Mm, huge, huge. Okay. There's a lot to pull from that. Um, but that's, that's interesting. So how do we, now let's, if we go into movement exercise and how we go about that is like, 
from the top down approach like why why is movement like important if it's important how do you view that like why as humans should we move and exercise as much as we can is there a point to where if we do it too much or if we overdo it or if we underdo it like how do you kind of take that approach of like why it's the importance of it well movement all movement is is the the physical expression the physical paintbrush of your soul like that that's all that is like every, everything that we do you you think down to sports it's like why why does that athlete play sports like why does that athlete put his body on the line why does this athlete want to express his it's like something deep down wants to be expressed. Maybe it's uh, he, you want to be seen. Maybe it's you want to be loved. Maybe you just want to solve some some deep down anger that you have, some deep down wrong that you had. Um, and all that, all your body is, is the paintbrush for that. It's the soul wanting to be seen in a, in a in the physical reality of the world. And and movement allows you to do that. Movement allows you to express that in art in the way of dance. Movement allows you to express that in the way of art of gymnastics and showing something cool that you can do with your body. But I, I really feel like. It, it, it's much deeper than the, the I'm going to go lift a bunch of weights. And that's not to say that lifting a bunch of weights for some people, that is their paintbrush on the world. That That's what they do. But it, it's bringing the soul into the, the physical reality of everything around you. And that's kind of what movement is. And it, it's much deeper than having a six pack and flexing the mirror. Well, although that's cool, like it, it's much deeper than that. Mm. So it's more of an expression from the inward sense of this is, you know, how I want to portray my piece of art to the world and share that experience absolutely okay sure so it's um from an athlete's sake like okay so like a lot of the people that listen and that i'm surrounded by um were athletes and you know all the people that you're i would assume typically around or want to be athletic th that type of sense of nature um how would that person if you had to give you know obviously each individual can be very different the end goal of what you're ultimately getting after um, reverse engineering of what you're the steps of attaining that as a broad sense. And we can kind of dive deeper into this. Um, if we wanted to optimize, um, to, you know, feel good, um, to obviously, um, be in a good position of health. Um, and then on top of that to, um, you know, be good on the football field or the baseball field or the ice arena or you name it. Do, do you have any like staples that you would say, like, you know, we should be doing this or exploring this or leaning into this that you've kind of found so far? Yeah, my, my, my staple overall is like building better movers and lover of movement and skill acquisition, like like building better movers. Like, it, can you build a better mover? Can, can, can you focus on the actual movement aspect of it? And I think what we get it wrong, especially in the sports world, and I'm sure athletes all over the place, like the, what what they focus, what strength coaches focus so much on is the strength aspect. It, it's move the barbell. That's not moving your body. That's that's one piece of moving your body. But can you sprint? Can you jump? Can you bend your spine? Um, can, you, can you express your body the way you want to express your body? Maybe that's jumping super high. Maybe that's lifting a lot of weight. Maybe it's all of it. And hopefully it's all of it. But adding in those movement aspects and focusing on building a better mover rather than building uh, a better person and moving a barbell like those are two very different aspects and looking at fitness and looking at physical culture that way like they're two very different things um and i really think you need to approach it in a way of what does that athlete want to express that athlete wants to move their body in any way that possible any way possible pain-free and they want to they want to paint their paintbrush in a better way and you got to allow them to express that and i, I just feel like so many times and 
like we're literally stuck in our dungeons as as strength coaches like they get stuck in their dungeons and they're sitting in their office and all they see is barbells and racks and they feel like they have to use all of it and if they don't use all of it then they feel like they're they're not doing their job it's like go go look at the field go look at what these humans are doing every single day and most of it does not revolve around the barbell yet 90% of what we do does and i think taking a step out of that really allows a strength coach and a performance coach and a health coach to move the body the way it's meant to move mm. Why? And I feel like there's a sense of like this two different uh, dynamics of it, like old school, new school of, you know, I'm going to try all these different new things and uh, experiment that type of world. And, you know, we're going to lift hard, we're going to run hard, or, you know, we're going to recover hard, like all these different things. Why do you think there's this, this difference in mentality of it? And why do you think um, there's benefits um, through this different, you know, playing around with um, different, you know, quote unquote, unique new things? Well, I, I think that goes back to the uh, the going through the game so you can fix the game. And I, like I've, I've been through the game like I, in high school, I cleaned 350 pounds. Like I, I put my body through the ringer and like all it was was Olympic lifts in college. All it was was powerlifting and, and trying to get as big and strong as possible, squatting like 600, benching like 400, like doing everything meathead. And, and at the end of it, I got there and I was like, this isn't the answer. Like I move like shit. I, I move the barbell really well. And I, I love telling the story of my freshman year at St. Thomas, I, I got done cleaning 350 and I look over to my left and the senior linebacker that year, he's this, this short dad bod dude. And he's like upright rowing 185. And it just looks so gross. I'm like, I'm set here. Like I'm stronger than this guy. I can move the barbell better than this guy. I'm going to walk on the field and dominate. Uh, and that dude laid me out at practice. And like he, we met in the hole the same day, met in the hole. He laid me out and he's, I looked up at him I'm like, oh my God, like that dude, that dude can barely do anything in the weight room. And he just absolutely laid me out. So it's like been through the game, realized what we are preaching and what we are saying. Like we're, we're just preaching and saying and repeating things that were told to us. And we're not actually thinking about it. Like I, I saw we're like, and this is, this is the other part of it. Like I saw straight up what I was doing wasn't working and I still couldn't get out of my indoctrination of strength is the answer more barbell is the answer I just thought I had to grind more and I, I grinded more and did all these things and I still move like shit like there's still people that I knew didn't train that would play defensive line next to me and they were much better they, they moved so much better they saw the game so much slower they just had so many more movement options and I know I worked out harder than them I know I moved the barbell harder than them so I kind of reached this peak of the game of the barbell reached the peak of the game of strength and conditioning and I'm like, this is not the right answer. So then it's like, you got to walk back down the mountain and then look around just a little bit to find your other path to actually get to the peak. And I feel like that's where we're at now. We've walked down the mountain. We've looked at all these different avenues. And now we're trying to navigate to the peak of the mountain because we only got so far with the with the strength aspect and with the traditional method aspect. Mm. Yeah, how um, that's a great insight because um, I think a lot of people um, can relate to that. Um you'll see it in any, every, every sport. Um, same thing with football. You'll see guys that, you know, will play on game day um, that when you look at them in the weight room of what they're doing, it's exactly what you laid out um, for baseball. You'll see guys that um, maybe won't be, you know, pushing themselves or taking as much care through arm care, et cetera, um, compared to some others, but it's like on game day, like they perform um, and they, and they do very well. And it's, it's so far has been sustainable. How do you balance, um, that transition, there's a couple of things, but I'll ask this first, the transition from specifically the training aspect of it, whether it be in the weight room, et cetera, and on to into the, the field, um, into game day, into competition, 
um, how do we put ourselves in positions um, to ultimately uh, push ourselves in the weight room to ultimately transfer most efficiently to the field? Is there something that you've kind of uh, found or uh, think about? Yeah, well, you, you got to bridge the gap, like mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, like, and that, that that's something that we don't focus on. Like, not only do we not focus on bridging the gap for just physically, like we, we, we don't focus on any of the mental, the spiritual, like, why are you there? What are you doing? What's your confidence level when you step up to the plate? Um, and, and I think a huge eye opener for a lot of strength coaches would be just like going to go play baseball. Like when you step up to the plate is your, you, cause strength coaches argue all the time about front squat versus back squat, like this jump versus that jump. And it's like, when you step up to the plate, is that making the difference? Is that what you're thinking about? No, you're nervous, bro. Like you're nervous. You have a dude throwing a little tiny ball at you 90 miles an hour. You're praying to hit it. Like you're not thinking anything about that back squat. So when you're in a sport, what are you thinking about? And when you're thinking about that, what are you thinking about? How do you break that down? Okay, why, why are you nervous? Okay, you don't have a lot of confidence. Can we build some of that confidence in the weight room? What is some of the aspects there? So maybe that comes down to our, our game aspect. Can Can we create winners? Can we allow everybody to win in the weight room? in our games that we play can we can we play some games where maybe an athlete maybe you're you're in a batting slump maybe you're just not the best athlete maybe you're just not the best baseball player in high school you see this all the time uh the the good naturally gifted athletes they win as soon as they start playing because they have a physical advantage so they just win they see the game slower they have a physical advantage they're bigger stronger those kids since they win, they get put in their story of I'm a winner. I won the first time I played. I'm a winner. And then the next time they step up to play, I'm a winner. They win again and they start to win. And then it kind of like this exponential growth of I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. But what people don't look at is, is the other aspect of it. You have the kid that maybe is a little bit physically delayed. You have a, you have a kid that just didn't win their first time stepping up to the plate that they lost. So now they get stuck in the story of I'm a loser. I'm a loser. I struck out. I struck out. And you step up to the plate with that. So no amount of barbell lifts, no amount of jumps is going to solve any of that. So you really got to talk to your athletes and be like, what are you thinking about when, when you play your sport? Like what's holding you back? Another great example is like St. Thomas too. We, when I was at St. Thomas, we had, we had an athlete that the strength, the sport coaches brought me into the office and they're like, this guy's slow. This guy, this guy's super slow. And a normal strength coach would be like, okay, we just got to sprint him more. We got to get him faster. But I was looking at his numbers. I'm like, he's not slow. Like he's not slow. He's our num He's actually our fastest athlete we have in our flying tens. He's our fastest athlete we have in our XLs. Um, and I went to go talk to the athlete. I'm like, well, they're saying you're slow, but like all our flying ten numbers are the fastest that you got. Like, what's going on? He's like, coach, they switched my position. I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing on the field. Like that's why you look slow, you know. So bridging the gap goes to what are you struggling on? Like, well, what's your actual issue? Uh, what are coaches seeing? What are you seeing? What are you feeling? And how do we how do we work on those things? And that's super individualized. Some people it's confidence. Some people it's just technical tactical skills. They have no idea where they're supposed to be, or they have no idea how to like. The, the, he can sprint in a straight line, but he has no idea how to rip off the ball. And when somebody's trying to jam him, so he looks slow off the line. Like of course he does. He has no idea how to break that press. So working technical tactical skills for some people, working mental skills for some people, and for some people it is it is physical. So for some people it is, and that that's the super simple easy. I get a fat chubby guy coming into me. Uh, he needs to lose weight. He needs to get stronger. He's never trained before. Okay. That's super simple. But I feel like a lot of coaches, uh, specifically in the strength world in the college world, it's like, everything is that they, they view every athlete as that untrained athlete. And I'm like, most of these kids have trained, especially now have trained. They've had a personal trainer since they've been 12 years old. Like they have enough physical in their, in their world. Uh, we need to find a way to kind of branch out in, in different ways and really attack what their low hanging fruit is. Yeah. How, uh, have you found anything that's like um, a common like root problem? Because it's I, I it kind of I think that's what I I I'll 
kind of stem from that is that there's a lot of things that may need surgery that we try to put band-aids on and and it's you know maybe it'll work for a day or a week or a month or so but eventually i think the cracks are going to fall through um what have have you found anything of like problems of like if people are you know having slumps or or you know not performing to their what people want them to perform at have you found anything um through that in in band-aids or or what do you mean by that in the sense of like getting to the root problem like you know this guy's like oh this guy's slow okay well we we found that oh well it's just a more tactical issue of like switching positions or you know this person they're you know they can't get out of their head like you know now they can't perform like has there been something that's been consistent or is it kind of like individualistic most of it's individualistic and and if it is physical it's that that athlete specialized too like if it, let's say it's an injury like w- injury is super easy if like you have athletes that are injured all the time they come to you like what's the root cause of that it's they skipped a bunch of steps in their developmental phase and uh they 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 can, they can bench 400 pounds but they can't do 10 push-ups you know like so so we're and we're missing just a ton of movement options so that's that's injury one but the the other one would probably be just the 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 confidence aspect, that the mental aspect, the technical tactical understanding of a game. That's huge. Like when when you know where you're supposed this and this is huge in in almost every sport. If you know where you're supposed to be, if you know what the opponent's trying to do, and you understand the game, you have a, most then this like most athletes have a PhD in the weight room. Like they're they're squatting five hundred pounds. They're they're, bent, they're doing things ninety nine percent of other humans on the planet that are not athletes cannot do they can they would they would dream to do what a division one running back does they would dream to do that um so they have a phd in the physical aspect and they most of them have a preschool education in their sport uh and of course you're not confident then you're walking up the plate you have no idea what's happening and you're basically just praying you're you're a middle linebacker and you really have no idea what the opponent's trying to do because you never watch film because all you do is curls like there's a huge aspect to that and i think the technical tactical aspect of understanding your sport and getting a PhD in your sport really, really helps with the confidence aspect, but it also can go a little bit deeper of why do you play your sport too? And, and having athletes understand why they play their sport and, and why they're stepping onto the field is also a huge piece. And this is, this is something I noticed in college too. It's like, you, you see like people like Tim, like religious athletes, religious athletes know why they step on the field. Like they have a reason for stepping on the field. And and you see a massive difference between religious athletes and non-religious athletes. And I'm not saying going religious or I was, I was a non-religious athlete, 100% stepping on the field, but I would look at religious athletes and they would just have this blind face stepping on the field. I'm like, what you get, you didn't train at all. Like what, what is going on? Like, where is this confidence coming from? It's, they know why they're stepping on the field. So if, if you have an athlete that knows why they step on the field, they know why they play their sport, regardless of what that why is. That's also huge too. They can, they have confidence in themselves. I'm stepping on this court to, uh, defend my family name. I'm stepping on this court to for for a religious purpose to the, to spread a message to do this thing. So when you can step into the the field of play and you know why you're doing it, that's also a huge. You, you stand up straight with your shoulders back and just be a confident person, and that allows the game to move so much slower because you're not spending psychological energy on anything else but what's right in front of you. Yeah, huge. Um, yeah, I I I I think that's nails. Um. I want to talk about two of the different types of just want to switch gears with the t- different types of movement um, with like, you know, you've, you've shared with us in the past, like spinal flows and these different things. Can you kind of just elaborate on that of like, you know, we can work out, we can stretch, but can we get in the dynamic of like, you know, let's get our central nervous system, you know, waking up and all those different modalities. 
Yeah, well, you you talked about bending the spine. I, I think that's that's one of the main components of things that humans like. We 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 go through this whole like process of brace and like be strong and in and, and this kind of like injury thought process of if I move my spine and this is for the whole body. If I move my body this way, I'm gonna get hurt. And, and you approach fitness in that way. And, and you're just gonna you're just gonna create this self-fulfilling prophecy of being fragile. I can't bend my spine that way. If I do, I'm gonna get hurt. I avoid bending my spine that way. So when I actually do get put in that position, because this, this is the thing with sports, you don't get to pick how your body moves. That that 220 pound linebacker, he's gonna put you in a bad. He's gonna bend you over. Like he's at some point during the game, he's gonna put your spine in a position that you. you I can't pick up a 20 pound dumbbell in that way. Like I heard an argument about that the other day. It's like. Make sure you pay attention to how you pick up your dumbbells off of the rack because you could throw it. I'm like, bro, go watch a sport. That dude is getting, it's, getting, it's so silly. Like we're, it's just paradoxes left and right in front of your eyes. But making sure your body is capable to go into any range of motion and the spine is such a big piece of that. It, it's so many joints and can move in so many ranges of motion. And we sit in this perfect posture, brace straight. If my spine bends at all, it's going to break. And it's just, it's just not true. It, it got like, pushed out there from a couple Kairos and a couple like PTs that made a bunch of money off of this idea. That's just not, it doesn't work. Like it doesn't work. I, I went through the whole process of her having a herniated disc when I was 16 years old and went through the process of, okay, I'm going to brace, I'm going to hold. And I, I lost range of motion. I was unable to load my spine anymore and everything hurt. And I started to go, I'm like, okay, so that's not the answer. I'm going to start to bend my spine every day. I'm going to go through some of these spinal flows. I'm going to load up my spine in a bunch of deflection, extension. I'm going to rotate with it. I'm going to rotate with it fast. I'm going to load it up super heavy when I rotate. Uh, and I started to gain range of motion back. I started to roll. I, I'm like, when I started, started, I do all these gymnastic movements. When I first started, I couldn't do a forward roll because my my spine did not segment in that way. I, could, I couldn't get my neck and T-spine to, to segment at all. It was so stuck from a barbell for so long. And, and all of this stuff starts to open up and, and you start to walk different. You start to move different. And this is another thing, like these athletes, everybody says these athletes walk with swagger. Like it's, it's, it's not swagger. Like their spine allows them to, they, they just naturally walk in this rotational aspect and them being able to walk in this like McGregor, like rotational aspect where it almost looks like they're dancing when they're walking. It's, it's not that they're doing it on purpose and that's swagger. It's they're really good at their sport. We want to be like them. And what makes them really good at their sport is their spine able to move in that way. So they're just naturally doing it. What makes them good at their sport is they're able to move that way. They're able to be rotational like that. We want to be like them. We call it swagger, like post hoc, you know, like we're looking at this post after it's like that, that. That's not what it is. Like they're good at their sport. So it's swaggy for them to do that. But it's, it's the same thing. They're just able to move rotationally. Their spine is able to move. And if you watch any sport, the best athlete is moving their spine in the most fluid way. Um, and you watch any like anything in the animal kingdom as well, like their their spine, it's all rotational aspects of the spine and the hips moving together in this like in this like hunting type manner. And we we kind of destroy that in our athletes. One of the things is like strength conditioning has hurt more athletes and it's helped in and it's it's by far. And it's because we take these movement options away from our athletes and getting them back by adding these movements in. And it doesn't have to be crazy. It's just move your spine every day, move it in every direction every day and watch what happens to your performance and watch what happens to your training. And, and it's pretty wicked. Mm. Mm. So essentially if I'm an athlete or if I'm, you know, just a human um, wanting to um, feel healthy, move freely, um, things of that nature, I should put myself in positions every type of position possible, stress that position, um, 
in every type of way and go about it that way. Yeah. And, and, and build up to it. Like everything's progressible. Um, but like a, a simple, like if, if people are listening, like look up Dr. Tommy John spinal flow, like that's a simple one and hit like 25 movements the first time and then hit 50 and then hit a hundred movements in, in those positions every single day, move your neck every single day, move your spine every single day. A, a really big one is like crawling. Crawling is one of the best, the best movements for moving the spine and hips. And yeah, the other thing, like strength conditioning coaches butcher crawling. It's like they put a cone on these athletes back to like stabilize the hips when you're crawling. It's like, that's the whole point of crawling is that the hips are not state. They're, they're moving side to side and the, the, the spine is moving side to side. That's the whole point of all of it. So Spinal flow is a really big one. Looking up some spinal flows, adding those in, those are just daily maintenance, trying to get trying to get up to 100 reps of those. Crawling, and like I try to crawl every single day, try to move in that crawling pattern. Uh, a lot of gymnastic type movements are really, really good for the spine. I, I do a lot of forward rolls and a lot of um, backward rolls. Those are, those are really, really good for the spine. Then they make you feel, they open you up, then they make you feel really, really good. Side bending for, uh, for athletes and just, just people that are having a lot of lower back pain any side bending is going to, is going to help you tremendously try step putting a foot behind the other foot side bending towards that foot and then taking a deep inhale into that rib cage and getting that rib cage and spine to move a lot of times that'll free up people that feel like that they, they have a broken back or, or their back is just destroyed it's like you, you're just so braced and you're so tight just allow some expansion into your into your rib cage allow some expansion into that lower back and a lot of these issues are going to solve and that's the thing like the, the, the people say it's it's magic like oh I, this program's magic it, it feels amazing it, it's all it's like no you're just moving the body the way it's supposed to move like you spent 20 years of your life being told to move a certain way and you moved in this robotic way or this repetitive way and now you're just allowing your body and your body that's all your body's doing like that's all pain is your body's like hey dude take a break Hey, dude, you're not moving right. Hey, dude, this is a signal. Stop this or we're going to break. It's self-regulating before it breaks. It's telling you, hey, something is wrong here. Dive into that. Pay attention to that. And when you start moving the way you're supposed to do it, it's like, thank you. Here's your ticket. Here's your little like gold coin. You're not in pain anymore. You can move better now. So that's that's a really big thing. When your body is in pain, it's telling you something. Pay attention. That doesn't mean like be soft and you don't, you don't, you take 14 weeks of break. No, it's telling you something. Actually dive into what it's telling you. And then go about fixing that. Mm. Yeah, that's the point of, and I wanted to ask that as well. Like, um, you know, personally, like if I if I train, you know, all the time with baseball and football and all these different things, all these different movements, constantly going, going, going. Um, is there a point to where, because like if I'm very sore, I almost get confused. And I don't know if this is just for me of how I perceive it or if this is can be extrapolated to other people. But of where, you know, am I am I sore because I'm doing too much? Or am I sore because I'm not putting enough stress to allow my body to adapt to those different positions? Well, I mean, being sore and being hurt and getting the pain signal are two different things. Um, being like, you're going to get sore, especially like yeah. you're a two-sport athlete. Like you're going to get sore. Like you're, you're going to have those bits of it. Um, trying And the best way to get back from being sore too is, is also movement. And the best way to get back into it is also movement. So, so that's another really, like really good piece is, yeah, it's not an issue to be sore. It's kind of a good, it's a little badge of honor. It's like, okay, like I had a bunch of micro tears, everything's going through. Uh, you can, you can avoid being sore by just tons of preparation, but I don't want people to think like, okay, I'm in season. I'm sore. I'm not, I, I'm not, you, you're not ready. That, that, that's what that's telling you. You're, you're doing two sports. Your body's probably just not ready for two sports. That's okay. Next off season, we're going to prepare you for two sports. We're going to focus on that for two sports. We're going to do all these and build all this up for two sports in the moment. You're just going to deal with that soreness. We're going to hit some isos. We're going to do some movement. And that's how I'd approach it to get you out of that soreness. 
um, and, and kind of go forward from there. But in the, in like right now, like I almost never get sore now. And, and I do some days it's like four to five hours of just yeets of just stupid stuff. Like in the morning, I'll, I'll do some workouts in the midday. I'll do like a hard workout. I'll climb at night. I'll do some gymnastics, like some days like that. And I, I really don't get sore through those things. And it's just because the body's a, what I started training when I was like 15, I have 11 years of training under my belt, 11 years of the body's been exposed to a ton of these different movements. And the only time I really do get sore is if my body's not prepared for it, I go skiing. The first time I've gone skiing in forever, it's a different movement. It's a this squatting movement. It's, it's everything's different there. The body's not prepared for skiing. Uh, it's prepared for certain aspects and and whatever, but you leave skiing and something that it's not used to, and that's where it'll get sore. So you're going from, let's say you're going from punting to pitching and it's, it's having issues. Like what the fuck are you doing to me? I was prepared for punting and now you're just throwing me in the pitching that that's where you'll find that soreness. So trying to prepare for the body throughout the seasons for that would be kind of your, your, your ticket there. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Can you, uh, I know you're big into ISOs and can you just speak upon why ISOs, what do they do? Why are they important? Yeah. I love isometric holds for a ton of different reasons. One, for a, for a lot of athletes, we're in this like compressed state. And this this is one thing that I really love about ISOs is as simple as it is, it's getting an athlete that is so compressed and like stuck in this box to get long, like dead hang, just dead hang and just allow your body to get long, go into a long lunge ISO, allow your body to get long in those positions. And for some of the athletes, like specifically like myself, and this is a great example, I'm this squatty athlete that doesn't really open up a ton. I get into these, I can spend two minutes and really push a range of motion with no risk of injury and really start to own a range of motion I never possessed before. And I can do that three to four times a day. Like I can crush that three to four times a day. Um, there's a ton of stuff on like tendons and ligaments there that we can talk about too. But my biggest thing is is really getting these athletes that are super compressed to into this more like expansive based thought process of movement and open in quotations opening them up for the listeners to where they can they, they feel like they own that range of motion now they, they feel like they can get into that long lunge that everything doesn't feel so tight um and, and like for a lot of athletes it, it's like a it's almost like a a strength training stretch for them like like it's a way to get them to stretch almost in like the strength training hard mindset too which, which is another big piece of it too um but that's kind of how we implement isos and really build them up and level up the system there. Uh, and, and we it's also allows you to load up a lot of uh, positions that are really hard to kind of get load on any other way. Like, you're not going to load up a barbell and be able to get a ton of load on like, let's say like hip uh, abduction or hip adduction, anything in the hips, any any of the smaller muscles around the hips, something like that, like a, a neck. So that's another really good piece. You can get a lot of time under tension and, and a lot of load in these muscles that usually are kind of overlooked. And there, a lot of times it can be the weak link in the system. Like, let's say like, like your outer glute, when you're, when you're swinging a baseball bat, that's a huge eccentric decelerator. And a lot of times it's not loaded at all. And these athletes will just go in and they'll see like the work on technique of that brace leg when they're swinging. And a lot of times like that leg, like there's, there's some weak link in that leg that's just not able to allow them to brace and push off. And they kind of just collapse through that swing. So that that's been another one. And I know, I, I noticed that in myself too, like, doing a lot of softball swings when I took care of that I'm like oh my god I didn't focus anything on my technique and the technique solves its pro own problem because the body leveled up in a sense of now your body knows what it wants to do it wants to solve the movement problem the best way it can um and it's just not able to solve it in the way that you want so then we go into this we think okay we're going to preach higher knees we're going to preach that lockout we're going to preach a high elbow it's like 
the, the body the body knows like the body knows it wants to solve that problem it's not unable and that's what it's telling you when it has that bad technique so you really got to dive into how can we level up the body so it can solve that problem that's in front of you huge yeah because that's the, that's the whole foundational piece right and um i'd love to hear you talk about um what you preach all the time uh the chapel would carry water and the, the foundation of it of the flood is coming and how can we put ourselves in positions to be adaptable and you know be able to go through stress and use that to our advantage. Yeah. And and well, you want me to go keep chopping water? Or do you want me to go the flood story first? Wait, go, which go one would the, you like? Yeah, yeah. Go with the flood first, please. With the flood first. Yeah. So that that's that's something that that's pretty that that's pretty deep into my in, into my life. It's it's everybody around you is going through a flood. Either either you're going through a flood or the person that you're looking at is going through the flood. So somebody in your life is going through this flood. Life hits, man. Like life hits. It, it, you don't have an option if it's going to hit it's it's going to hit you and you better have your foundation ready and, and that, that's a huge reminder to me uh i was and this this really really hit me hard when my i had my little cousin when we were at uh, my uncle's funeral and my little cousin was speaking at this funeral and she was talking about how she was talking about how um sorry one second sorry she was talking about how um that she's going to have to go through the rest of her life without her dad. And I was talking about, man, like I want to be there for her and I, I want to be able to help her in that moment. And I just felt like I didn't have my foundation built. Like I, I didn't, I, I'm going through all these stupid ass problems. I, I didn't know where I was going to live. I was talking about not having enough money. I just remember the day before I was talking about not having enough money. I didn't know where I was going to live. I didn't know what my job was going to be. I was thinking about all these things. I'm like this girl has to go through the rest. She's in high school. She has to go through the rest of her life without her dad. You know, and I didn't have my foundation built enough. I was I was whining about this other stuff. So it really was a mission to build my own foundation, make sure my foundation is strong enough. So when other people can go through the flood, they can they can grab onto my foundation and they can hold on there. And when I'm going through the flood, I have a foundation built up. And, and also, it's also just a huge understanding of when things go bad, just understand it's a flood in your life. Like, it, it's it's not the end of the world. And not everything is, is and because I've been there before where I've, it's like, I, I thought it was the end of the world. I thought there was no light in my life. I was like, okay, everything's over. It's all ending. Uh, and once you go through a couple floods over and over again, it's like, this is just another flood. And you have a foundation built and you just hold on and you just stay afloat for that time. And that's all that is. That's all people have to do when they're going through tough times. And they're like, stay afloat. I, I promise you. And if you can't stay afloat yourself, you, you reach out to somebody else's foundation and you just grab on and you just stay afloat and you don't drown and you don't make terrible decisions in those moments. You don't go down. You don't go underneath the water. You don't do it. Like it's going to get better. The, the storm is going to go away and you just have to hold on. It does not make it easy. It, not, it makes none of it easy. And it, it's really hard to do, but just, just stay afloat because you know, the flood is coming and build up your foundation when it's not. So when it comes next time, it, it goes by faster and you have more to grab onto and, and you're safer. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's big um because that kind of is a, a conceptual thought to approach anything uh it's such a foundational thing of how i view it of you know whether it be again like movement put yourself in different positions be foundational set so when something comes when you know you got to perform or you got to do something or you know something bad happens like you're in a position that you can go through that life etc um all those different things can you tie into um, and now talk about the chop wood carry water? Yeah, the the well, mine is the the keep chopping wood aspect, and and that kind of goes into it. Um, and and this story, this was when I was I was a freshman at St. Thomas, and I was ready to quit the football team there. Um, 
and I had just a bad freshman year. I, I was hurt. I was again, I was whining. Like I was just whining about life. I was taking an easy path out on life. Um, and I was going to quit football. I was going to transfer back home. I, my family was back home. I had a high school girlfriend at the time, and I was going to go to an easy college that I knew. Like I knew people there. I, I knew I could pass all the classes there. I knew everything was going to be comfortable and easy. Um, and going to St. Thomas was the first time leaving my bubble. And I was exposed. I was exposed as physically as exposed mentally. I was exposed socially. I had no friends. I was, I was like struggling. I was just like, okay, I'm going to take this easy path out. I was going to quit. Um, and as I was walking up to my high school or the, uh, coach Caruso's office ready to quit. Um, I text, texted my high school head coach who had already saved me a couple times in life at this point. I text him like, Hey coach, just want to let you know that I'm going to quit football. I'm going to transfer back home. Um, and just want to let you know, cause you, you helped me throughout life. And all he texted back was, that's not who you are. Keep chopping wood. And, and that, that was very eye-opening to me. And, and I never made that trip up to coach Caruso's office. And that one text message kind of just pole vaulted the rest of my life. It was, that's not who you are. Keep chopping wood. Like keep putting in the work, keep swinging the ax every single day. You're not where you want to be because you haven't swung the ax enough. You haven't built up a good enough foundation again. Like you're not standing on anything there. Swing the ax again. Like at that point, I was the rebel of everything around me is bad. It's not me. Everything around me is bad. Oh, this could these coaches were mean to me. This school is sucks. It I'm in the cities. I'm far. Everything else is bad. It's like, no, dude, if everything else is bad, if the problems are reoccurring in your life, and this is another good thing, like if the problems repeatedly happen in your life, it's probably not other people's fault. It's probably your fault. If repeatedly things happen over and over again in your life, and this was happening, everything else was bad. Problems were repeating. And I was like, man, keep chopping wood. The, the, the problem is me. I haven't swung the axe. I haven't sharpened the axe even. I haven't even picked up the axe yet. And I, I'm ready to quit. And I'm ready to do this. And I'm ready to put the blame. And and again, when you put blame on other people, this is another thing. When you put blame on the world, you put blame. One, it makes you look like a whiner. and But it also doesn't solve any problems. It gives everybody else in your life power over you. That coach is mean to me. Okay, you're going to give that coach that power. That coach is actually mean to you. That gives you even more reason to pick up the axe and prove them wrong in that aspect. That person's mean to me. That professor's mean to me. Like it just gives other people power in your life. And that's just not the life that I wanted to live. And at that time, I just needed somebody to just give me a pause. Again, somebody and uh, that flood. And that that that's a cool thing with floods too, is they they get progressively bigger and they get progressively worse in your life. So that that's the best thing you get to look forward to. And that moment, that was the biggest flood in my life, not being able to make mm-hmm. the St. Thomas football team. Like that was a flood. And I was ready to drown. I was ready to quit. I was ready to let go of the foundation. And at that time, I just need, I reached out to somebody and all I needed to do was hold on to his foundation. And that completely changed the direction of my life. Instead of taking all the easy paths, I was able to keep swinging the, keep swinging the ax and keep accomplishing things and keep doing things. And it was really the, the pillar of Yoakam strength and what kind of started Yoakam strength. Mm. What would you say if you were, how would you go about, or what would you share um, to, I guess, someone like me, you know, or anybody that is in high school, college, whatever, is going about their athletic career? Um, what's one of the biggest pieces of advice that you would share uh, with that person? This this is the biggest thing that drives me insane. Uh, you don't rush things. Like, you have four years. You can... this. People can completely change their life in one year. You can completely change who you are athletically. You can completely change who you are socially. You can completely change your status in one year. You just got to focus. Like you you just got to focus on that aspect. And these, these athletes get so stressed of, 
I need to perform now. I need to perform now. I need to perform now. I need to do this now. And they take so many shortcuts and they they go through this process. I talk about go through this process of I can't train this week because I got a game this week. So I got to deload. I'm going to deload this week. I'm going to deload. Then I'm going to peak for this big game. And by the end of it, it's like you wasted that whole year of training. You, you wasted that whole year of whatever you're working on because you're so worried about oh, like the anxiety of it. It's just like, just work. Just, just keep swinging the axe. And by the time, if you, if you swing the axe for a year, you're not, you're not going to recognize who you were the year before. You swing your axe for four years, which college allows you to do. If, if you're a high school athlete and you swing your axe for eight years, the, the difference in there, it, 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 you will not even recognize the person. And that that's post-college as well. Like as a coach now, as a, as a business owner now, I don't recognize myself from a year ago. I don't recognize myself, especially four years ago when I got out of college. And all that is, is continually swinging the axe. And by the time you're done with it, you don't notice in the day to day. That's the other thing is like, that's why athletes stress out because they, they don't notice in the day to day. They they put in a week of swinging the axe and they're like, oh, I'm the same. It's like, no, you're not. You just got done swinging the axe for a week and you just, you just don't see it because you see it every single day. But you take a step out, maybe you take a before picture on day one and you take a before picture 365 days later of you swinging the axe. I promise you, you're going to notice a difference there. You're, you're going to take a big step. So don't rush things. Don't, don't just, just, just focus on swinging the ax once a day. Just, just do that. Just, just once a day, don't rush things. Don't worry about things like the trees will fall. You will make that progress. It, it's not the grind mindset of just go harder. It's just consistently do the work. Cause that's the other, like the grind mindset drives me fucking insane. The people that have this grind mindset of hard, hard, oh, I'm hard. I'm going to do it. They, they, they last a week. They last a week. They, they blow their load in the week. They, they take a chainsaw. They dump all their gas in this chainsaw and they cut down three trees and they're like, Oh, look at this. And they never last. They never last. And most of it's this ego aspect. And that's why they're talking about it. But it's like, Set down the chainsaw. You don't need the chainsaw. You're not ready for the chainsaw yet. You are not at a point. If you're in college, you are not at the point where you need that chainsaw yet. Just pick up the axe and swing and do that consistently. And I promise you, I, there's there's when I was a senior, I, I completely changed who I was as a football player. And there was no reason I should be on the same field as the people around me athletically. There was no reason. My freshman year, I, I was, I remember the, the the football coaches took my, they, they have these names on these magnets. And they took my name and they threw it in the garbage because I was that unathletic. They said, let them transfer like that. That's what they wanted out of me because I was that unathletic. And my senior year, we were having success on the football field. Uh, and there, I was just looking around. It's like the, the people that were on the sidelines at that time and the people that were next to me, even at that time, like they were so much better than me four years ago. There, there's no reason I should be even smelling the same field that I, that they are on and playing. And I was performing at their level just because it was just picking up the ax and swinging consistently. And by the end of it, when they were trying to chainsaw and they were just a lot of times just not picking up the axe in general, they were just naturally talented to be on that field. Uh, I was, I was on the field and I, I had made that level, made that jump. Huge. Um, yeah, I see it. It's imaging. There, like, there you go. Um, How do you, how do you balance that with that now? Like, and that's, thank you for sharing, but like the process versus result, how do we go through, the difference of it. Cause it's like, if you have someone that's like, you know, I'm always doing the right things. I'm eating well, I'm training well, I'm sleeping well, but I'm just not performing. Whereas if someone else that's like, you know, they're, you know, staying up till three and, you know, drinking this, blah, 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 all of this stuff. But like they, they have, they perform well. Like, how do you, how do you balance that dichotomy? Yeah. People are better than you. Like th that at the end of the day, people are better than you. And then you're not, you're not, you're not doing everything you can do. Cause you're worried about that person that is naturally better than you. If I'm looking over there, 
like fuck that i know that dude went out and drank last night and i didn't like you're not doing it because if i'm worried about that then my mental's not set okay i'm eating right i'm doing my physical but my mental is so weak that i'm allowing that person over there that's drinking and is better than me to take mental energy out of me what do you think that looks like when you're on the field when when somebody's talking shit to you what do you think that looks like when a coach is mean to you you think you're really taking that advice you so it's it's you're not you're you're not doing everything you could if you're thinking in that way like you're just not you're you're you're, you're spending time on again this is this is the thing i talk a lot about is like Athletes love to do the things they're good at. They they love to do the things they're good at and then tell themselves they're doing everything they can. Like I, I was really good at lifting weights. The reason I the reason I like lifting weights is because people gave me attention when I lifted weights because I was good at it. I what I didn't like doing was working on pass rush moves because I was ass at it. I was terrible at it. I didn't like working at it because people would make fun of me when I did that. I wasn't good at it. I wasn't naturally talented at that. Uh and I would sit there and tell myself. I am grinding. I'm doing everything that I can do because I'm lifting all these weights. I'm going to bed early and I'm doing diet. It's like, no shit, you're doing those things. You get attention for those things. You're good at those things. Like you're good at that consistency. You're you're not taking a step in out into the realm of the things you're bad at, which was the technical, tactical understanding of the game, which was the, the mental side of the game, just the mental side of life. Like you're not working on the things you're bad at it. You're just pretending that you're doing everything that you can because it, it's hard for some people. It's like, that person that you're making fun of that's not lifting the barbell, they're spending four hours on the field running routes, you know, like they're not good at the barbell and they need to go do the barbell. Sure. Yes. But they're spending four hours on the field when you're not. So that's where it's like we're spending so much energy focusing on other people and pretending like we're doing all the work when like I, I have I have yet to see an athlete that has done everything right and not completely changed who they were as an athlete. I have yet to see it. I, I have yet to see it. It's always the athlete that was like me. And that's, that's why I can speak from this because it was me. I was, I was bitter and angry at athletes that were better than me. I was bitter and angry at, I didn't drink for four years in college. I didn't drink at all. And I would see my buddies that would be like right next to me playing defense line or taking my spot. They would drink the night before games. Like they, they would get plastered the night before games and then go and play and they would outperform me. I would spend mental energy on that. And I know that. And was like, I'm not doing everything. I'm just doing things I'm good at. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's huge. Let's, I just want to ask you this as well. Kind of, it's kind of a shift of gears, but if you were going to organize your day for optimization of whatever you're after, how would, how would you go about it? What's an ideal day look like to you? And considering all things, sleep, hydration, nutrition, movement, exercise, you know, connections, intentional things, um, all the above. Well, the, the best thing that I do in the morning right now is wake up and I have session right away, but if I didn't have session, I would go wake up, I would red light and meditate with the red, uh, red light. Um, the red, the red light panel has been amazing. Like I used to not be able to wake up at all. I, I was using, I'm not a morning person. I'm not a morning person. And my circadian rhythm was so messed up that I could, I just did not wake up. Like if, if I didn't set an alarm, I wouldn't make up until noon. And now if I don't set an alarm, I, I wake up at 6am. Um, so red light and meditation in the morning. I I'm a huge fan of meditation just to set set your intention for the day. I, I think that's something I've been looking at too in, in like a lot, a lot of religions where throughout the day they have prayer. Um, and to me, that's so powerful. Like if throughout the day, if three to four times throughout the day, you are setting your intention and you are grounding yourself and you're looking at your life and you're just like, okay, walk into a room. I breathe. This is my focus for right now. I I'm present. I'm in this moment. I, I think that's so powerful. So adding in that stuff, um, making sure I'm cooking my food that day. Um, that that's a huge aspect of how I feel and operate is are you cooking your own food? Are you are you operating in that world? Are you are you really taking care of those things? Um salt and honey before workout, get a good workout in. Uh why salt and honey? Head. What was that? Why salt and honey? Sweet, sweet pump. 
sweet pump before the workout, good energy before the workout, and then probably end the day with a end the day with a sauna or a little steam room. Probably another meditation at night and reading and writing throughout. Mm. Mm. Do you have uh, any like? Is it consistent or like? Here's the thing that I'm I'm curious about is like setting a routine. Um, but then also being dynamic with it, because if your body's like used to the same thing over and over, it, it's, you know, it just becomes unconscious at that point. Do you have where it's like a routine, but there's room for variability and you mix things up or how do you approach that? Yeah. Uh, so when you know, this like psychology test that you take, um, when I take those tests, I score in the lowest percentile for, um, orderliness uh so like schedules planning stuff like i score in the lowest percentile possible in every single test of those i take so my brain works in the adaptable adaptable way like i could i could operate in my day of just ding 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 whatever's going through um what i've had to do is really schedule myself so th this this is kind of the dynamic of every like you have these these people like you need to schedule every single part of your day. It's like no, because then you just turn into and I've seen people like this too. Like if they get off schedule, their their day is completely ruined and everything is wrong. It's like that's not an adaptable human being. That's not how life works. You can't just pretend like you you wrote it down on a piece of paper and it's going to happen perfectly like that. Like that's just you avoiding and pretending like you're the more organized person. Whereas I'm on the opposite end of I can do perfectly throughout there, but if if I am I'm, I need to like structure some part of it so I, th I think there's a balance in understanding who you are and what kind of what end of the scale you lie on and if you're the person that if you get off schedule at all and you need to plan out every single aspect of the day you probably need to allow for a little bit more room in your day to explore room in your day to go off schedule and just leave some free time in your day so not everything so you allow life to happen and anybody on my end of things probably needs to schedule out a little bit more so i got to Every day I, I build out a little, every week I build out a schedule of the week and times and, and meetings and when, when I have that. And I really try to structure those points. So I'm going here at this time, I'm here at this time, I'm doing this at this time. And then the rest of the day, I kind of naturally operate in that chaos realm of, okay, I'm going to do this at this time. And and that's big for me too, because when, when I write and I do a lot of my writing, that that's tough to kind of structure. Um, it, it's sometimes the the muse kind of hits you when you're just you're just walking randomly, and at that time, like I just need to pay attention to the muse and and intake the words that are being given to me. And if I have a structure of, I I, I can only do this at this time. That's not going to do me a ton of good. Mm. Let me let me uh, say something and see if it lands. Uh, Vic, sum it up of kind of how you how you approach a lot of things. Um, to see if I'm understanding correctly. A lot of things and a lot of people are individualistic. And so it's not saying, and I know like even this whole thing of what we're, what I'm kind of going on the series, the non-negotiables creating the foundation. So things can build off of that. I understand that there's so many different rabbit holes within each bucket, within movement exercise, within breath, all these different things, these different modalities. Um, but it's ultimately getting to yourself. What do, what do I ultimately want in reverse engineering from that? And we'll kind of wrap up after this. Uh, but what am I ultimately after and how can we go through those different processes um, to that person or to that goal or to that different things and creating yourself and, okay, I'm not sure what I'm capable of, but let's go see what I'm capable of. And it's a sense of, you know, I want to ultimately become all that I can be. Um, and you don't know what that is. Like that's the, for the word, like it is unknown or like it is uncomfortable. Like, yeah, like getting in an ice bath, like that's not pleasant. Um, but like the benefits and all these different things of seeing what you're capable of, is that kind of the, the understanding or the, just being an independent thinker, not just taking something for its word, but understanding like, okay, this is what I heard from this, you know, perspective, 
Um, this is what I heard from this person. How can we tie? How does it relate to myself now? How can I share this and now to other people? You know, put, build myself up selfishly, but b- building myself up selfishly, I'm now able to serve um, for the community or group around me. Yeah. And then it, it's weaponizing yourself. I talk about this all the time, just to like make it make sense in a lot of like dudes' brains. It's like, read your books, do your writing, do your workouts, do your walks, do your spiritual work, do all of these aspects, apply it to your life and make yourself a weapon in life. Like, like at, at some point in your life, if you plan on having kids or you plan on having a wife, they're going to look at you as their hero and you, you better be able to live up to that that bill. Like you better be good en- a good enough weapon to live up to that bill. They're going to look you in the eyes and they're going to depend on you. Are you strong enough to be able to like handle that? And then that's a big ask. That's a big ask of life. And you see a lot of people like n- nobody's smart, nobody listening. No, nobody in the world is smart enough not to read. Nobody's smart enough not to listen to podcasts that are out there. Nobody's smart enough. not. Nobody's at peace enough not to meditate. Nobody's at peace enough not to write their feelings down. Nobody's like nobody has it all figured out in that aspect and so you really can't be skipping these steps because at some point somebody's going to depend on you and look you in the eyes and be like i need you in this moment are you ready for that and i i you just look around it's it's kind of like we're we we're good with the good times and, and we're, we're yeah, everything's good it's good it's good and then things crash and you're not you're not weaponized enough you're not strong enough for those moments and that's where the flood aspect comes in like you really I get times are good now. I get you're not you're not even thinking about that now, but you need to be like you need to be building up your ass your your, your life and, and yourself in those moments. So when those bad times do come, you you are strong enough to hold on and you are strong enough to stand up. And, and that's like you said, the free thinking thing too. Like that that that's been a big part of my life. Like when everybody is saying something, when when in this insane world, like a lot of times, sane people look crazy and sound crazy. Are you strong enough to just stand? Are you strong enough to just stand and be like hold up? That doesn't make sense. Hold up. Let, let's talk about that. And and you see people that they, they 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 didn't spend the time reading. They didn't spend the time writing. They didn't spend the time meditating to be able to take that pause. And they just kind of get taken in this realm. And that it's like they talk about like the the, the biggest predictor of your life is like the five people that you surround yourself with. And they're not even picking who they surround themselves with. They, it's just the first five people that surround them. They're not even thinking about it. They've never taken a and they're just going through this rabbit hole of life. And by the time that it's this whirlwind and then they end up in a spot and you're like, how the hell did I end up here? What happened here? And that that's a lot of times society too. It's like society, like, how did we end up here? It's like, cause you let it, like you, you let society get to that point. You, you let the strength, you let the gym, you let the culture, whatever it is in your life, you let it get to that point and, and you didn't build yourself up to be like, Okay, I'm just going to stand here for 10 seconds and take a pause, regardless of what everybody around me is telling me, the the, the boss, the, 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 the president, it doesn't matter who it is, like somebody above you, somebody below you, somebody that you love. Are you strong enough to, for 10 seconds, just stand there and be like, hold up. Is this what I want with my life? Is this the intention I want with my life? Is this the direction I want society to go? Am I making the world a better place with this decision? Yes or no. And a lot of times we're not even thinking about that decision because we're not we're not really strong enough to hold on there. It's the first thing that pops up in our head, somebody that is in our inner circle, and we just get pulled with the, this wave of, of life. And and life will take you, man. Life will take you in that direction if you let it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like how you articulate that um that point one more question before um we kind of like start wrapping up here i know i want to take up too much of your time i appreciate oh, no, you're time, good the time you've given so far um i kind of got a question that i've been asking on each episode and i just want to hear kind of your um thoughts and opinions and you know what you think you know or you know all the above experiences 
um as humans like what do you think we're ultimately after um what do you think humans are ultimately after i can share if you need um my through my experiences and thoughts but i'd love to hear what you think no this 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 is something i, I think a lot about like like why am i writing like well what's the point of this like is, is this for somebody's amusement like are we in a matrix like what, what what's the point of all this and one of the things i and i think it's a it's a peterson thing but it's like every single day like make the world closer to heaven than hell you know and, and i i value that and I, I value that very deeply of that is why i'm on this earth that is why i feel strongly about being on this earth for myself for everybody around me like i am on this earth to try to make it closer to heaven than hell to try and make it just a little bit better than it was before um trying to just just make it take a step forward rather than a step back and and i think valuing that and it really gives me a direction in life for for a lot of reasons and a lot of things that i'm doing in life it just gives me just a little direction in where i'm going hmm. yes that a live ended too it, yeah <laughs> is that auto end time limit. i'm not sure okay uh that must have been an hour or something uh that's fine um yeah that's I, I think that's huge. There's a lot of commonalities and things that are strung through here that obviously like, you know, you're, you're very individualistic with how you think, which I think is beneficial. Right. And it's like, ultimately, you know, finding who, like, who am I like finding who you are, what is important? What is not, how do we spend our time? Don't spend your time on, you don't major in minor things essentially. And I, adapt yourself with weapons, with tools, youth, use things as tools, not as what they are um to put yourself in a position to gain your intention with what you're doing yeah absolutely that's gonna be phrased better huge yeah so the thing i want to share and then we'll wrap up here i know the live video ended so it's just you and i right now um this is i don't know if this is right um it could be all wrong but i just want to share it with you and hear your insight on it of the the question of what ultimately are humans after we're ultimately after wholeness you know, with, as we have different cracks and things within us. So we grab whatever's around us, surrounding us, try to fill the gaps, fill the voids with what we're doing. So how do you go about that? You create clarity. How do we create clarity? Asking questions of, you know, who do I want to be? What do I want to embody? Who do I want to be around? What's my environment like? All these different questions and asking the questions that are typically not asked in day to day, unless you actually sit down um, and kind of quiet the mind with what, what am I really after? Um, and then it creates into this um, more tangible sense of the non-negotiables. Okay, I can take care of my body. Um, I can take care of my relationships, connections with my breath, my sleep, movement, all these different things. Now you have tangible things to help aid you in the questions of like, okay, what do I want to do? Okay, well, I've done these tangible things to hopefully answer these questions. And now I think as humans, why we do anything, you can kind of sum up in four ways. We put ourselves in positions to create opportunities, to capitalize on the opportunities, to therefore be in a better position. And that cycle continues. And now it gives us the opportunity. It doesn't guarantee us it, but it gives us the opportunity of uh, potentially attracting wholeness or attracting that we're living from abundance. We're not we're not pursuing anything where it's more of we're now vibrating at the frequency at the thing in which we will attract. Um, and kind of have that cycle continue. What What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I like. I think the biggest part there that you mentioned is like it gives you that opportunity. Like that, that that's another thing. With it. if I apply it back to like the keep chopping wood aspect, it's like all that does is it just 
gives you the chance to step up to the plate. Like it just gives you the chance and, and that doesn't guarantee anything, but it, it what it guarantees is that you'll have a chance before like you're, you're not even guaranteed that, but now, now you're guaranteed a chance and what are you going to do with that? And, and you talk about that wholeness aspect too. This is something that I know like either life in something in my life is going good or something in my, like I know something in my life is off when I go on these spirit walks and, and when, when I go on writing, I, I right before I go writing, I go on these spirit walks and I just walking around. And and my brain will feel like an antenna and I'll, I'll get these words and these phrases. And I have no idea what they mean at the time, but I'll just get words in my head, phrases in my head, sentences in my head, ideas in my head. Like, okay, I'm going to write this down. I'm going to write this down. It's like, like an antenna for the gods almost. That's what uh, the the art of war, they talk about that or the the war of art. Um, and, and they talk about getting these ideas and being this, this like instrument, the antenna for the gods. And you get these words and get these ideas. And when you're connected, it happens all the time. And one of my biggest draws in life of when I'm not getting those words, when I'm not getting these phrases, I know I'm not whole. I, I know there's something in my life that I need to attack. I need to fix because I'm not being blessed with these, this opportunity of writing them, I'm not being blessed with this opportunity of phrases, this opportunity of words. Um, and it's because I haven't earned it. You know, I haven't swung the ax today. I haven't cleaned up my life enough. I'm not clean enough in my life to be able to receive, to be blessed with these words, to be blessed with this antenna aspect. And and I think that when you said wholeness, that's really what I thought of is I, I know I'm whole when, when that when I'm connected in that aspect, when I'm connected in the realm of you are receiving um, and, and rather than taking, which I which I feel like you can do a lot of times when you're not whole and you don't feel that wholeness, you don't feel that abundance that you mentioned, you really start to take from those around you. You try to take those words, you try to take that success, you try to take whatever it is in your life that you're reaching. Well, you're everybody's an artist and they're trying to they're paint their their world around them and whatever that it maybe it's athletics maybe it's business maybe it's accounting whatever it is but you start to take rather than receive and when you start to take one your life your life becomes way less successful if i try to take words i try to write i think of myself as this writer if i try to take words it, it's way less successful it makes way less sense and it's just this brutal like brute writing and so it, you're less successful, but you're also less fulfilled and everybody around you, you, you took from the people around you. Like, so like now they're spacing from you, they're giving that distance from you and you're really not whole. So you, you're, you're taking and you're being aggressive and you're less successful and people around you are being spread out from you. And that's when you really feel that unwholeness and you, you really got to draw back into, I'm going to receive, I'm going to be in this, this place of abundance and, and my life is going to be cleaned up enough in which I am blessed with that feeling rather than um something something is off in life and then that if you're feeling that like the lack of wholeness like something is probably off in your life and you probably got to go swing the axe in some aspect you like to clean it up enough so you can be in that abundance mindset mm. yeah i i love it i and again like I, through the experiences i've had and like even listening to you it's it's you can look at it as like validation like if we're both saying something that we both agree on like this is some validation of like this must be right but you know you battle test it over and over again and that's i think that's the whole thing you know we just found out like live videos it must have timers on them that stop at you know a certain amount of minutes or like you know my camera now my camera is worse on here because apparently it has a timer on that, that we gotta <laughs> stop it so it's just like i think it's you know being vulnerable in um in almost like being okay with in order to be the genius, like you first have to be the fool. And it's like, if you're okay with being laughed at, mocked at, et cetera, um, in the early stages, it's like, you're, you're, get, you're, you're, you're armoring yourself, you're weaponizing, you're, you're using things as, as tools. And now you're in a position. Now, as you get older, more responsibilities start to stack up. And now you've created a foundation and you have, you have a set intention and that you, you understand like, 
you know, Rome wasn't built in a day type of deal. And it's all these different things that start to add up. And it's like this upward spiral of like, things are connecting. I'm at the right place at the right time. All these things are just happening. You know, that's what I found throughout this whole month so far is like, by having conversations and like trying to go after like the pursuit of the ideal, like you're, what am I truly after? I think is just super, super powerful. Uh, if you like ultimately understand that and can feel that. Yeah. And like you said, like you also kind of know when you're at at life, when things start to you in quotations magically happen, you know, you know, and, and Dispenza talks about this a lot. And uh, a lot of the authors that I read talk about this a lot and you can go the science route of, okay, you feel connected. So then you start to actually see these things in your world. And when you see the blessings and like it's regardless, so th this is the science world. This is where they kind of sit with is regardless, it happened to you. One, you were in a spot in your life in which you decided to see the positive, you decided to see the good, and then you grabbed on the good. And then you started to, once you grab onto the good, you grab onto another good and you kind of create that cycle in the science world. So it's kind of that neurochemistry of the brain of continually giving yourself the reward and that dopamine hit of doing something good and being better and then seeing it in your life. And then you start this process of doing that. So, and you can also go like the metaphysics world of, of manifesting something and bringing it a lot. But regardless, it's it's the same thing. When you're connected in life, things start to magically in quotations happen. Like you you start to create the magic that you want to see in your life. You, you start to see the things that you want in your life and you start to create them kind of organically. And I, there's so many times in my life where I just like, look back. I'm like, how did that happen? Like, what just happened? Like with the gym, I, I remember I thought one day I was doing one of these meditations. I, I sat there. I was like, I'm going to leave this gym. I was in my first gym. I'm like, I'm going to leave this gym and I'm going to leave St. Thomas. And that day I got an email from my, uh, from the gym, from the building owner saying, I basically, I was kicked out of the gym. It's like, well, fuck that. That was not the blessing that I wanted, but like, okay. Like I thought about it. I'm like, okay. And then I got kicked out of the gym in that day because our, um, our landlord or the, we were in this like strip mall and our, our gym was too loud for the strip mall. So we, we were given a month to leave. It's like, okay. So like, that magically happened. You were magically forced to make the decision to do what you wanted to do in the first place. Okay. So that that's kind of a sign. Okay. You're probably on the right path there. Same thing with St. Thomas It's like, Hey, you probably need to make the jump here. You probably need to stand. You probably need to do these things and make the jump there. And, and you make the jump and it magically happens. Like these things magically manifest themselves. And a lot of it is just you seeing your life and you building up your life in a way. And a lot of it's just like, and when, when you ask, a lot of times you, you will get what you receive. And it's because, again, if you go back to science, when you ask, you are making the intention to see those things in your life and making the decision to do those things in your life. And then it becomes a lot less magic. You just put yourself in positions to see what you otherwise wouldn't have seen. Hmm. I love it. I love it. I think that's I think that's dynamite. Um, is there anything else? Uh, I know we've been going for a while and I do want to respect your time here. Um, is there anything that I did not ask you or that you want to talk about? I think that was it. That that was that was pretty that was pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, I uh I more than anything, I, I appreciate your time. Um I know we're you're you're extremely busy, different things going on. Um, you know, we're all given the same amount of time a day, 24 hours, and so giving some of your time that is limited. Um, I, I, I gratefully and truly appreciate just sharing that and having this conversation. Hopefully for the listeners, they can, you know, pick up, you know, little things here and there, maybe that elevate them or open their you know eyes to a different idea or perspective.
yeah, I get as much out of these conversations as anybody else does. I I, I love exploring these topics and kind of diving in. And, and again, like you learn so many lessons, like the Instagram live and the distractions there, the the environment you're in when you're in the in these in these these talks and just exploring and and kind of diving into subjects. Like I geek out about that. Like that's how I find like. It, it, you talk about planting the seed that that that's really got me going because I think about that all the time. It's like in this discussion, like I'll think of something, we'll, we'll talk about something and it plants the seed and maybe it's a week. And like a lot of times I don't know what to do with it there, but like a week or two weeks and you just continue to, again, when, when you're going on these walks and you're putting yourself in positions to water that seed and for that seed to grow into something two weeks down the line, I'm going to go from something from this conversation. I'm like, Oh, that that's what I wanted to do. And I create something from that. And then that's, that's kind of the magical process of planting those seeds is that creation aspect and, and putting yourself in a position to be able to create something from everything, every conversation that you have, every seed that you plant, are, are you creating the kind of that, that forest of life around you? And then, so I, I love these conversations. Yeah. Likewise. These, uh, these get me fired up. The problem is I do them at night. So now I can't go to sleep because of my mind's <laughs> racing. <laughs> I was going to say, I was just chugging a bunch of busy coffee. So <laughs> shout out Mark Dowdle right there. Busy yeah. coffee. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Yoakum, I appreciate you having on. Um, I appreciate the things we talked about. Again, we, we did talk about movement exercise, but this this was going to happen at some point. I remember freshman year uh, football, we we're out on the turf and you're talking with somebody um, about how like, yeah, we got this podcast, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, he has a podcast. And I'm like, I have a podcast. And I'm like, this is not the right time to go ask him, hey, do we want to be on a podcast? Obviously, I didn't, thankfully, I had enough self-awareness to be like, obviously, we're on two different levels right now, um, or and I need to build myself up. I need to do these different things. Um, and so it's cool that now it's like you envision something. Like, back to your point, you envision it. Okay, now how can I put myself in a position to ultimately go after that? How can I attract that? And so more than anything, this has been very rewarding. Uh, more than anything, catching up, talking, um, all the above, having you on. Um, absolutely love it. That's pretty sweet. I can't tell you how many times I've done that in my life as well. It's just like, you see something right, right away. Like, and then again, like you talk about that, that's that seed you planted that seed, like one day I'm going to do this and then, then it manifested itself. So th this was awesome. Th thank you for having me on. Keep dropping wood. Love it. Cheers. Boom.